Okay, so let's look at our dilemma this week. This one takes us to Israel, where we, um, we're familiar, those who have visited with the Shuk, uh, especially Machni Huda in, in Yerushalayim. There's a beautiful Shuk, a market, outdoor market, or open-air market. And the stalls there, are, the, the way they sell is different to anywhere in the world in many ways. One of the very idiosyncratic, typical, memorable stalls in the, in the Shuk is the stalls that, that sell nuts and little, little, little snacks in big sacks. So you go and you scoop into your, your bag nuts and they go, you, you get them weighed and you pay by the weight. All self-serve in these, in these big sacks of fresh nuts of all different types. I haven't seen that around in Australia, that type of selling. Certainly not in our areas, maybe in other areas of, of, of town they exist. But, um, but in Israel, it's one of, the, one of the experiences of Israel is to go to the shuk and to scoop yourself some nuts or seeds uh, and, uh, and, and help yourself. So it happened that there was one such stall uh, that next door, right next door to the stall, opened a, a new shop uh, like selling electrical goods, which they also do there in the shuk. And the, the guy owning the electrical goods shop, uh, he, he liked nuts, but he didn't like paying. So what he used to do is he used to walk out of his shop. Right next door was the nut shop with the big sacks of nuts. And he would grab surreptitiously as nobody was looking. He would grab a few nuts and continue his walk and, and have a nibble. And after eating a few nuts, he sometimes would go back and take a, another, another couple and he would do this almost on a daily basis. The, the nut shop owner was busy with his customers. And these, the, the nuts were open there out the front. And he constantly, on a daily basis, was, was, was taking the nuts. And this went on for months. Months and months. That every day he would take a, a few nuts on his little, little walk and have a nibble. And in his mind he justified it. That it's fine. It's not, it's not, it's not an issue. It's only a couple of nuts. Um, he, he, he felt that it was, it was okay. Anyway, eventually, the nut shop owner confronted him and said, listen, I know exactly what you've been doing. I have CCTV footage at the front of my store. I see everything that's happening. Even as I'm sitting inside by the counter, you think I don't see what's going on outside? I saw that from the day you moved in, months ago, you've been taking nuts every single day. So the store owner says, I've added it up, and I've added, added up what it would cost, the nuts that you've been taking on a daily basis, little, little bits and pieces here and there, and it's come to $500. You owe me $500 to pay, pay for the nuts now. So the, the next door a neighbor says, well, what do you mean? You don't, you don't let people taste the nuts? You're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to, to for free, take a nut and, and taste it. It's a normal thing in fruit shops, in nut shops. People take, take one and, and eat it without paying. You, you don't allow that to happen. So the shop owner says, I do allow that to happen. But that is a customer who is trying it because they want to buy it. And so you can try before you buy it. We allow that, that such a thing. But you were not doing that because you have been there for the last three months. Not once did you buy nuts. But more than once a day, you took nuts to, to eat them. That is not tasting. 
to buy, that is stealing. So you owe me $500 for the accumulated nuts that you've been eating over the last few months. So the, the neighbor argues back and says, well, if you're accusing me of stealing, I, had, I don't have to pay you anything. Because this, this uh, neighbor had a bit of Talmudic knowledge, and he knew that in the law of thievery, it's forbidden to steal anything. However, you only have to pay back something you stole if the thing that you stole is worth what's called a pruta. A pruta in Talmudic language was the minimal coin, like, like we would call it like a one cent coin or a penny. A pruta was the smallest coin, the smallest denomination of coin there was. Anything less than a pruta does not have monetary value. You can't buy something less than a, than a pruta, and so therefore it doesn't have monetary value. And so you cannot obligate somebody who stole something worth less than a pruta to pay it back. So, uh, you know, in, in, in modern terms, uh, t t stealing something that, that's not, not even worth a cent, there's no money that you can put to it, it's, it has no value. So you can't obligate them to, to, to return that, that amount. Not that it's allowed to steal something less than a pruta. It's forbidden for me to, to steal one little grain. That's, that's also called stealing. It's forbidden. But when we're talking about pu being punishable with, a, with, a, with the having to pay it back, it has to be worth a pruta. It has to have some monetary value. And a single nut... Or even two single nuts, if you put that onto the scale, it wouldn't, it wouldn't register. It wouldn't even come to a cent. And so, the wily, tricky, sneaky next-door neighbor to the, to the nut shop says, I don't owe you anything because you're saying I stole? Okay, I didn't think it was stealing. I thought it was just tasting which you allow. But you're saying you don't allow that? You call it stealing? If you're calling it stealing, it's stealing less than a pruta worth. Each time I stole was less than a pruta worth. And so therefore, I don't have to pay you anything. Had I taken a big handful, that's, that's a value then, okay, I'm, 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 I'm liable. But I just took a tiny, tiny little bit. And each time was, it was a separate event. So I don't owe you anything. That was his argument. Is there any validity to that argument? Does it hold any water? I think the guy's a genius. Clever, huh? Micro theft? In fact, he had a further Torah source to back himself up. And that is in the seemingly irrelevant laws to this of fasting on Yom Kippur. We know that uh, on Yom Kippur you're not, you're not allowed to eat or drink. You need to fast. However, fasting and eating have a certain definition. Meaning, to, to be considered breaking Yom Kippur, to be punishable for breaking Yom Kippur, you have to eat or drink a minimal amount. If you eat or drink less than that amount, it's not considered eating. Not that you're allowed to do it, but it's not punishable as, as, as eating a Yom Kippur. So, uh, this is relevant for if, if somebody's not well and they're forced, they have to eat or drink something on Yom Kippur. So, we tell them that that's okay. According to Halacha, somebody's unwell has to break the fast. However, if you break the fast by eating minimally 
and spaced out. Let's say you need to drink. So drink a little thimble worth of water and wait, some say four, some say eight minutes in between having another sip. So you have, you're, you're getting your fluids, but spaced out in small amounts. So then that is not considered breaking Yom Kippur on the same level. It's not a punishable breaking Yom Kippur. It's, it's, a healthy person can't do that. It's, you're still not allowed to do it. But if you have to, or if somebody did it, it's not a punishable offense. And so here, the, the nut stealer says, look at that. Small, little amounts that are, that are less than the measurement are considered individual experiences. It's, it's not considered that you drank a whole cup of water. I just drank a thimble of water. Maybe I drank 100 of them. But if it's spaced out, so then I didn't drink the amount that, that is necessary for breaking Yom Kippur. And therefore, I didn't, I'm not considered breaking the fast. So too here. I stole less than the amount that is punishable to have to pay back. A nut or two, it's nothing. Even though I did it a hundred times, they're not added up to one infraction that makes me have to pay $500. That's his argument. That kind of leads me to question anything is, if does his intention of how many times he was going to do it have anything to do with the, with the punishable offense? So, for example... If he knows he's going to do it every day, but it's going to be less than a putter each time, then then he's not doing less than a putter. He's actually doing a lot more, but just in little little spates. Well, back to Yom Kippur. The, the person knows that in another 10 minutes, I'm going to drink again. But it's considered two different episodes. Each one is, is a separate episode. Is, is it not? Does it does it add up? Is there a difference? Just knowing that you're going to do it later, is that is that enough to say that it's all one thing? Yom Kippur one's a stretch. I think the Yom Kippur one's a stretch because it's a pikuach nefesh rather than uh, you're doing an avera. So for pikuach nefesh you can do anything, but 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 we're saying that that's not considered. It's not considered eating Yom Kippur in a, in a punishable way in the first place. In Yom Kippur, it does work. It does work spacing it out again, not for a healthy person, but for somebody who has to. They have, they, they need liquids, otherwise otherwise their, their health is going to seriously deteriorate. Uh, they they can do it that way. Because um, you're supposed to minimize the breaking of Yom Kippur. That's considered minimizing it. So the question is, is he, is he keeping under the threshold? There's a threshold that above which if you've stolen that, you have to pay it back. Is he, is he finding a way to stay under that threshold? So he's stealing. It's still a sin. Nobody's saying he's not sinning. It's still wrong to take somebody else's nuts that you're not allowed to take. That, that's stealing. However, is he remaining under the threshold and therefore not punishable? That's his argument. So... We'll have to argue against him and say that no, it's it's not it's not right. His argument is not fair, and the comparison to Yom Kippur is not is not true. In the case of Yom Kippur, by spacing out the drinking, so the experience of drinking is separated. When you drink or eat, it only has a, a, an effect for a certain amount of time, and by spacing it out, the episodes are completely separate. And so, even though accumulatively over the day, maybe you've got your fluids that you need, but the drinking episode, the experiences are quite separate. Whereas in the case of stealing, the fact that he stole a bit now and a bit later does add up. In the end of the day, how many nuts did he steal? How much money did he save by, by not paying for these nuts? Yes, each time it was less than a pruta. But those, that, those, those amounts do add up to an amount of nuts that, co- that would have cost $500. It, it does actually add up. 
in, in the case of drinking, it comes and goes, it's, it's disappeared. But in, in the case of stealing, the benefit that you're getting remains. And the money you owe, therefore, remains. It, it, it stays. Uh, you can't say that, that, that it just disappears. And so while each event on itself in isolation was not punishable because it was less than a pruta, but the addition of all of them, the accumulation of all of those events, that does add up to an amount of money. And an amount of money that he owes. And, th- and therefore you have to pay. A, a proof brought uh, to this would be from the law of a squatter. A squatter is somebody who illegally moves into somebody else's property without, without paying rent. So the law, of a, law is that if, if somebody moves into somebody else's rentable property, so when that, that, that they wanted to rent to somebody else, but you're there, you're, you're preventing me from renting it to somebody else, so you have to pay rent. Now, the, the squatter could say, hang on a minute. How much rent is it for one second, for being one second in your property? Well, I mean, if you divide up the rent into one second, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not yet a prut. It's not, not a significant amount. So for each second that I was there in the property, it's less than a pruta. It's less than, than a significant amount. So therefore, why should I pay if I, if I live there for, for three months? We would say to that, that's ridiculous. You can't, you can't separate each, each time, each second. You can't separate that from the next second. That second, you accumulated a debt, which adds to the next second and the next second and the next second. The debt does accumulate. That's how, how debt works. So even if you say each second I was living there, that's true. But each second, which was less than a pruta, accumulates to another second, another second, which adds to more than a pruta, which adds to hundreds and thousands of dollars. So too here, each, each episode of, of stealing it, it itself was less than a pruta, but it accumulates to more than a pruta and, and, and a lot of money that he owes. And so the comparison to Yom Kippur does not work. The argument that it's less than a, than a pruta and therefore I don't have to pay for it, even though stealing does not work. He does owe the $500. And therefore, he has certainly done the wrong thing. We could also, by the way, look at the nut shop owner and say that what he did was not 100% right either. Because he saw on CCTV the guy's doing it. And he let him do it the first time, the second time. And for three months, he let him do it. And then he slapped him with the bill of $500. That was, that was his calculation that, you know, if I, if I go and stop him now, he owes me nothing. But if I, if I let him go, then he's going to owe me much more money. I'm going to be able to have a, a, a sizable claim against him. That's not the right way to, to respond to that. Because if you see someone do the wrong thing, you have to tell them. There, there is an obligation of, of rebuke. When, when, when somebody's going the wrong, the wrong path, you should stop them. Not let them continue so you'll be able to, to get paid for it. Uh, really, the shop owner should have chewed him away immediately at the, at the very beginning. So, but he is entitled to get paid, to get paid his $500. He has the, the, the evidence. It's very clear that what, what happened, the guy's not even denying what he did. And so the, 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 the baked in the court would certainly award him the, the payment. What we see from here is the power of accumulation. You could do one little act that in itself is insignificant, but if you maintain it and keep doing it, it becomes huge and it becomes something significant. This is true in the negative how much more so is it true in the positive? That in every single day, by doing a little more Torah learning, by doing another little mitzvah, by exercising a little bit more patience or ho- holding your tongue from saying the wrong thing, every time you do a little small act, which in itself it wasn't such a big deal, it accumulates to something that is a very big deal. So let's all try that.